It's just dumbbells. <laughs> dumbbells, yeah. baby. We're extra creative today. Yeah. Dumbbells for dumb guys. That's what it should have been. <laughs> if I can bang that one up there. I don't know if it's editable now. but uh, Edible? Edible? Editable. <laughs> it's definitely edible now. I need, it. I need an edible. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, welcome to Amber Live at 5. It's Thursday. We're on the home straight. We are live, aren't we? Yeah, we're okay, fully live. Cool. Game we're on. live as live app, live app as, live, as, live, as the kids as would the say. Kids would say, as the kids on TikTok. Yeah, or just any kids, really, <laughs> anyway. I imagine that's how they talk. So, yeah, Thursday. No training today. No training. Rest day for felt, us. Felt productive. I did some stretching. Hurt a lot. Hurt me. Mm. I, was... I sat in my chair in front of my laptop. <laughs> yep. Great for your back. Yeah, especially the way uh, I legs. sit. <laughs> yep. Once I get like... After a while, when I just like do my zombie slouch, I'm like, Peter's hug sits like sits he's there ready and to waits. go. He tunes in. He deserves a top, he deserves like a number one badge. Or Has something. he got a top fan? We badge? should probably actually on that topic. We should probably talk to Pete about business related things mm. because he'd be able to help us. He's a business related genius. <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah. If he can help, exclaim he can help us. <laughs> <laughs> help anyone. Um, yeah, so thanks for tuning in. We appreciate all of you. If you're watching this later on, we appreciate you too. If you aren't tuning in at all or ever, go fuck yourself. If I did, yeah. Yeah, so. yeah they'll never know. Um, today we are talking about dumbbells for dumb guys mm-hmm. and girls. And girls. I guess. Um, and all the benefits of dumbbells that you might not know about, uh, why they even exist, I guess. Yeah. Um, why you might choose them over a barbell. Why they're great for beginners. Yeah, mm. excellent. Well, they I I would argue they're excellent for everyone. Beginner, yeah. not beginner. The dumbbell is amazing. Yeah, the difference is that I could like you or me could do dumbbells or barbells, but for a beginner, yeah. I would keep them away from a barbell at first. Yeah, certainly. Um, and that's probably where we should kick off. Um, why would you use a dumbbell over a barbell to begin with? You know, build stability. Yes. Why? Why? How does it build stability? Because you barbell is kind of balance, like using two hands to grip it, and you need it. Mm. It kind of balances all that. It. Grip and rip, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Dumbbells are a bit more. Um, they take a lot more control to get yeah. through the movements. So, like, say you're doing a dumbbell bench press over a um, barbell bench press um, with the dumbbells throughout the whole movement. There's a lot of stability required because yeah. you're and you see a lot of common errors with people doing using dumbbells is that they don't know where like. They don't have straight forearms or yeah. forearms directly upwards. They might a lot of the time bring their wrists closer in to each other than their elbows are yeah. because they just want to have it over their chest. But So it's yeah. quite awkward. Or they, you tell them bring out and they'll just like bring out way too far, go down, and then you'll see their arms just get pulled to the floor. Yeah. yeah. So there's a lot of stability issues when people first start and dumbbells are excellent for building stability and strengthening the stabilizers, the muscle stabilizing. Yeah, so that movement you were talking about before is specifically dumbbell bench mm. press, basically. But you can use dumbbells for lots of different things. Yeah, that was just an example. Um, but yeah, the so the dumbbell is, if you're doing dumbbell exercises correctly, they should be harder than using a barbell. Um, for exactly that reason, you're recruiting more things basically mm. you're recruiting all the same muscle fibers that you would be to use the barbell plus you're engaging all the stabilizers more um you're also going through a greater range of movement if you go through the full range of movement with a dumbbell versus a barbell you're also not locked into a very specific bar path um with a barbell you know 
the barbell can sort if we're talking about bench press again, the barbell can sort of track up and down, you know, where you put your elbows underneath it, but you are locked in once it's up and down. You're sort of locked into that plane of movement, right? Uh, with the dumbbell, there there is no getting locked in to having those wrists directly onto a, a straight bar. You know, if you're somebody that has something like a shoulder impingement or you find it difficult to uh, get a barbell to your chest or something like that, uh, generally you can spend a lot more time with dumbbells and you're able to rotate the wrists on the way down. You can have it in a completely supine grip if you want. Um, you can have a neutral grip or you can change the grip throughout the press, something like that, which allows you to manipulate elbow position throughout the lift rather than being locked into that one plane of movement. Um, and it allows uh, maybe a coach, for example, to see uh, weak points much more easily. Mm, like, yeah. um, you know, like Dan was saying before, with a barbell, there comes a point where you can kind of muscle it through certain points. Yeah, and, so, and especially barbell, you can bounce at the bottom. Yeah. You can't really do that with a dumbbell unless you're willing to bounce like the inside side of each dumbbell <laughs> off your chest whereas no. a barbell you can you know you see a lot of people do it they'll bounce off the um the stomach or yeah. even their chest um whereas dumbbells yeah you need that i just say they need more control of them. yeah you need more control you need more stability uh generally you would you need more strength to lift the equivalent weight so mm. like for example you put 100 kilos on a barbell and you do a 100 kilo bench press, it's going to be easier than having a 50 kilo dumbbell in each yeah, hand. Yeah, absolutely. Um, especially because you put something like a 50 kilo dumbbell in each hand, you immediately notice which side is stronger and which mm. side is weaker. You immediately notice uh, your range of movement. Uh, so, you know, if your 100 kilo bench press only travels just to your chest and almost to the top with the dumbbell, it's going to push you further and further down. You know, there's no bar stopping on the chest. There's no way to... I guess rest halfway through the movement, or mm. or get a little bit of a mechanical advantage from the bar hitting <laughs> your body. So, uh, especially for something like the bench press, uh, the dumbbell is, you know, the priority. Realistically, uh, if you want to build a strong shoulder joint, you want to recruit more, uh, you know, pec muscle fibers, um, and if you want to be able to, I guess, develop that entire range of movement as as best as possible the dumbbell should be the go-to option you know i will always find it more impressive someone that can rep out heavy dumbbells oh, than yeah. someone that can just do reps on a barbell. yeah that's crazy and yeah again touching the uh, less restrictions as to the movement paths you can do say another one would be like say shoulder press so if you do barbell oh, yeah. shoulder press whether that's um strict press or a um olympic style press yeah uh you are limited you can't put it in line with your head because you'll just smack yourself in the head with a bar. Yeah. Whereas with the dumbbells, you know, you can get, you don't have to worry about that. Yeah. Basically. And you get a lot, um, much better range of motions and they're also excellent for just teaching past for when you eventually move on to the barbells. Yeah. Yeah. Um, dumbbells are great because you can get a really good foundational base for oh, foundational base, the same thing. Foundation, <laughs> foundation for those um, movement patterns. Like yeah. we were warming up the bench with floor press dumbbells. Yeah. Yeah. And are just excellent for it. Yeah. Um, I think when it comes to dumbbells, you could spend your whole lifting career never touching a barbell. Mm. If you had access to enough dumbbells, and when I say enough, you rarely need anything over a 50 kilo dumbbell. Um, I mean, 60s up to 75s are nice, but 
there aren't a lot of people out there that will go out of their way to rep out 75 kilo dumbbells. It's just not that common. Mm-hmm. Um, it probably should be more common realistically. But um, but if, if you've got up to 50 kilo dumbbells, access to that in your gym or wherever it might be, you can accomplish a hell of a lot, a lot more than you could probably accomplish with just a bar and 100 kilos worth of plates realistically. Um, those dumbbells can be used for a huge range of exercises more than you could use a barbell for as well. Like I would recommend that if, unless you plan on competing in, uh, you know, a bench press only event or a powerlifting specifically, if you're looking to maybe just maximize on hypertrophy, maybe you're a bodybuilder or maybe you're more into like functional fitness or it's, you know, you're training for aesthetic, then the dumbbell is a much more effective tool. It's a much better option for that kind of person doing that kind of training. Um, you can, and moving on from just, you know, pressing movements, mm. um, things like rows, you can do a chest supported row or a bent over row with a dumbbell and get a greater range of movement. You can get your elbows higher because the bar isn't slamming into your chest. Yeah. You can you can generally feel the movement better. Um, something with like a dumbbell versus the barbell when you're doing, I guess, um, any kind of pull is that you can change your, I want to say wrist width for example, um, midway through the movement. So with the barbell, once your hands are locked onto the barbell, you can't decide halfway up that you want your hands wider to get a better scap retraction. Mm. You know, you have to just start at that width and that might put you at a mechanical disadvantage. It might reduce the weight that you can use. It might put you in a really compromising position right down the bottom. But with a dumbbell, you can start with the dumbbells very close together and finish the row with the dumbbells very far apart and vice versa. You can start with them really close together and finish it very far apart if that's how you wanted to row it. Um, There's options there, like we said before, with wrist position, with hand position, you can rotate. You don't have to rotate. You can rotate midway through the movement so that you can get a better feel for the muscle much more than you would ever get on a barbell or even something like cables or... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, yeah, if, especially for beginners because, yeah, you got the stability building. Yeah, you remove the restrictions that a barbell may have. Yeah. So, And you've also got the benefits of um, unilateral movements, yeah. which can be which are important for everyone, yeah. full stop. Um, and, yeah, there's the regressions from barbell movements are always either kettlebell or, or dumbbell movements. Yeah. Generally, like, you know, bench press would be, say, a floor press or a dumbbell floor press or just dumbbell bench press. Yeah. Um, uh, deadlift would just be probably, like, um, dumbbell good mornings or kettlebell good mornings. Yeah. And squats, yeah, just, uh, like, a um, goblet squat. Yeah. Yeah, they're really good ways using dumbbells or kettlebells um, to build, again, Again, good foundations for when they eventually advance, one for their strength and two just for their movement and mobility. Yeah, I think um, and the fitness community, especially if you're doing a really basic fitness course, like you fucking cert four in fitness, um, they'll teach you that to cater for the general population, to cater for a wider audience, uh, say you're holding group classes or something, you need to offer what's called a progression and a regression on each exercise. Mm. So let's say you wanted the whole class to do bench press and you've got some people that might not be able to handle the barbell bench and you've got some people that are stronger than everyone else. You have to provide options for both of those people. They call them regressions and progressions. Um, I believe a better term is uh, what's known as exercise variation. So um, 
you know, you get a lot of people in the fitness industry that will look at it through a lens of the dumbbell is only for people that can't handle a barbell yet, or the kettlebell is for people that can't do dumbbell or whatever it might be. Realistically, each have their pros and cons. Um, and variations can be harder than the original exercise. You know, like we've just said, barbell bench press is technically an easier movement than the dumbbell bench press if you're going through the full range of motion. Um, the dumbbell bench press, because it requires all those stabilizers, because it, it places equal demand on, e on either side of your body rather than spreading the force and the load across your two hands, it just requires, um, you know, more concentration, more recruitment of muscle fiber, um, and so even though the dumbbell is in, you know, classically in the fitness community looked at as a regression from the barbell, I would consider it to be a more advanced lift that you would use for advanced lifters to make them even better at the lifts they're already doing. Mm. So you might get them practicing their barbell, you know, we're talking about say like an elite level power lifter, you would get that person practicing their, um, their bench press with the barbell for, from a technique aspect, you know, that person eventually has to get up on a platform and use a barbell to press. But if you wanted them to increase their strength and increase their overall pressing ability, you've got so much more versatility with a dumbbell. You would rather do all your work with the dumbbells and then the technique is just done on the barbell. Yeah. I think that is a better option. Plus you're less likely to injure yourself if you're able to use variations like that. Um, you know, if you're someone that goes into the gym and you only do the same fucking thing every single time, you know, you go in there and you're always doing barbell squats, barbell deadlifts and barbell bench press. Those are your big three. You know, change it up to every second week. You do So every first week you do your, your favorite three fucking lifts. And then the next week, do it all with a dumbbell variation instead. Watch your fucking progress skyrocket. Yeah, it's going to prevent plateauing. Yeah. Yeah, which is a common issue a lot of people have and because they get – caught especially as you know you go on about a lot is people get caught up doing the things they like and they yeah. just keep doing that um because they like doing it or they're just not really sure what else to do or they just can't be bothered to change yeah. but you can do the same things that you like doing just variate them as yeah. you've been saying and it'll be like you're doing something new as far as your body's yeah, concerned exactly. and that might you might be aware of like these huge glaring holes in your technique you might be you know, feeling pretty good with your barbell bench press. And then, you know, say you want to go from 100 to 110 kilos. That's just an example. But you find that you keep sticking right off the chest. You're mm. like, oh, I just cannot get this, which is, you know, it's not common. that common. Oh, right off the chest is oh, not no, that common. Right off the chest, yeah. Um, but that just happens to be your sticking point. And then you put some dumbbells in your hands and you try and do the bench press so that the dumbbells touch your sides and you go, fuck, I can barely lift like any weight compared to the barbell. That means that, I mean, you've got weaknesses all over the place, but um, the dumbbells have highlighted those weaknesses and then you can go, okay, well, I'm going to train the dumbbell through its full range of movement more often and then watch your bench press then go up again, you know. So generally you stall on a particular lift because you are ignoring training the weakness that is causing you to stall. You know, I mean, with bench, it's most commonly triceps and um, and a strong dumbbell press is going to make your triceps fucking massive anyway, so you might as well do it. But, you know, that's and that's just sort of a, um, 
an easy thing for anyone to do. Next time you're in the gym, instead of doing a barbell squat, a barbell bench press, and a barbell deadlift, try a dumbbell goblet squat. So holding the dumbbell in front of your chest in both your hands. Um, you know, you're probably going to have to go a lighter weight, but go more reps, you know. So um, say you squat 100 kilos on your back, try a 30 kilo dumbbell, but sets to fat sets to failure um and work up from there obviously um and then with the dumbbell bench press that one's pretty easy you just do dumbbells instead of the barbell and then with uh dumbbell deadlifts you do a romanian deadlift so you're keeping the dumbbells against your thighs you're pushing your ass back on the way down and you're feeling the stretch in the hamstrings you can do that with 50 percent of your deadlift max to failure and i guarantee you you're going to be hurting the next day mm, and it's going to have a huge impact on how much you can pull Definitely. Is there stuff going on? No, it's fine. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Has anyone said anything in the chat? Uh, no, Dusty had a question before, but he said you answered it. Oh. Um, Look at me go. It was Whip. basically something like if you bench 100 kilos on bench, can you do you do 50 kilos in each hand dumbbells? Uh, yeah, no. And, yeah, um, if you, yeah, like, please answer that. Ideally, you should. <laughs> In zombie, a perfect world, yeah, but it's unlikely. Zombie bait jumped on, and it's like hey, zombie bait. two to three a.m. there. God, so why on a bed or something? Yeah, especially on a dumbbell sesh before they get. Dusty just said you went really loud and really, really quiet. I think it might just be you. Oh yeah, I think I because I sat away, back but, for it. Yeah. <laughs> but no, that's a good. Yeah, thing. Well. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So and. I mean, moving on away from presses and pulls and upper body stuff, dumbbells should be a staple of the upper body days, right? Uh, and people e can easily correlate dumbbell work with upper body work. You know, it's very easy for me to say, you know, I want you to do dumbbells instead of barbell bench press. And people go, oh, I can do that quite easily. All I have to do is lie down and do the same fucking thing, right? Yeah. But if I said to you, I want you to use dumbbells for squats, you might get some weird looks, you know. People would think if they've never done, say, a goblet squat or something before or, you know, front rack dumbbell yeah. squat, they're thinking, do I need to put it on my back? <laughs> you know, do I hold it between my legs? And these are all options. I wouldn't recommend putting it on your back. You look like a fucking idiot. But, um, you know, you can do it hold, like a sumo squat, holding it between your legs. Um, all of these things have different... Um, you know, pros and cons, just like anything. But the most common and probably the most effective way to uh, teach yourself to squat with excellent form is with a goblet squat. Mm. Um, you know, you can use a kettlebell or a dumbbell for this. The dumbbell seems to be more common because it's just easier to hold on to. Um, there's two ways to do it. You can either hold on to it like um, with the top of the dumbbell. Yeah. You can sort of put your hands under it and support it that way. Or you can hold either end of the dumbbell. Uh, which is a bit of an extra challenge. I was watching a video today with Jim Wendler and he talks about how he gets his, uh, you know, he trains high school football athletes and he said he started getting them to do the dumbbell goblet squat because they he didn't want to put a barbell on their back because their form just wasn't good enough yet. Um, and then he realized by putting them through so many dumbbell goblet squats that rather than ever getting them to barbell squat, he would just keep getting them to dumbbell goblet squat because it was having such a profound effect on their form, their technique, their hip mobility. They were able to squat deeper and more comfortably because the weight is over their center of gravity more effectively. They're able to stay more upright than you ever would with a barbell on your back. Um, it also doesn't cause many back problems. And it's safer in the sense that if, you, if it's too heavy or you're going to fail, 
you just fucking drop the dumbbell, mm. right? With a barbell on your back, you either have to re-rack it or bail out and um, not a lot of people know how to bail out from a squat properly. And if you fuck it up, like that's you can only bail out really if you've done it correctly. It's just too heavy. Yeah. As soon as you fuck up, like say you tip forward. Oh, yeah. Like I know I do a lot when I yeah. um, fail a squat, then I can't really bail out very easily <laughs> no, without it just crushing for. my skull. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Zombie Bait said she, uh, if she does dumbbell squats, she normally holds it by the bottom and has it centered at my core right so yeah i think the way you were saying the first way yeah yeah well that's where i guess the name it's like you're holding it like a goblet yeah yeah that's yeah and so that's because you look like a goblin (laughs) (laughs) yep that's why yeah yeah they 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 love dumbbells so they they like squatting yeah um yeah and look the the reason people will gravitate towards holding it a certain way is because it's easier for them to hang on to. Um, however, you know, going back to what I was saying about Jim Wendler and the um, and these high school football athletes, is he found that by having them hold it in the front rack position with their hands on either side, they all ended up with massive biceps right. <laughs> and massive upper backs because hold, it's a static hold for your yeah, upper yeah. back and your boys. So these athletes are not only developing their legs with these squats, but they're also doing static and like isometric development on their boys and their backs. And it's having this huge carryover on their ability to do things like bench press safely um, and, you know, barbell squat safely. It's protecting their tendons mm. and it just gives them better leverages in general. So... That's a that's an interesting carryover that you wouldn't normally associate with a squatting movement. You go, oh, I just want you to do dumbbell goblet squats, and suddenly you've got all these athletes with huge traps and fucking massive buys. Yeah. You know, how the fuck did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> that's a positive side effect. Yeah, why not? So, um, and that's one of those things that you're only ever going to learn when you try doing something differently. So, for example, with uh, zombie bait saying she holds them a certain way, it could be worthwhile trying to hold it a different way, maybe one that puts a bit more pressure on, uh, you know, certain levers. Uh, you know, there's value in holding it a little bit further away from your body. There's value in holding it higher or lower um, because that added challenge is going to make your workout, I guess, uh, more efficient in the sense that you're now training two things at once, you know, where you would previously have to go away and train biceps separately or train upper back separately. You're now getting training value for both of those areas, all three of those areas with just one lift. Mm. So you're now spending 45 minutes doing this shit rather than an hour and a half, which you don't see that often, you know, usually, especially in the bodybuilding community where the goblet squat should be king, right? Like they should be doing that because it's through a huge range of movement and it allows them to be in the safest possible position and they can just do it to absolute failure. You know, you should, I, I mean, you should rarely see a bodybuilder doing a barbell squat. It should always be goblet work. And yet it, it is rare and they would be getting these massive biceps and massive upper backs and they wouldn't have to spend three hours and they're doing curls. Like mm. why are they not? Curls are so Yeah, Zombiebait said um, it's more to her strengths. Um, her upper back and I can't hold it much higher without throwing my balance off. Yeah, well, that's it too. Like if you're in a spot where it's going to throw your balance off, yeah. you need to yeah, kind of adjust. Yeah, yeah ideally... The thing with a front rack versus a back rack is a lot of people will be pushing through different parts of their feet. For example, mm-hmm. um, today one of my clients was doing 
uh, banded standing ab pull downs. Yeah. And the best thing about the like the um, standing crunches basically with a band is it's constantly trying to pull you off balance, which is what happens in the squat is you the first thing you need to do is be able to root your feet to the ground. You need to be able to basically splay the toes, drive the big toe into the ground and then push through the heels as well. Uh, that provides like a three-point of contact through your feet that just gives you a much more stable base. If you try and do a standing banded crunch without you know rooting your feet to the ground you're flying backwards forwards somewhere so it's one of those things where you might find you're getting pulled off balance by holding it in a certain position but it's because your feet aren't being pushed into the ground properly you know you're only pushing through your heels or you're only pushing through the toes and holding it higher is just pulling you further onto your toes so that could be an indicator especially like for a coach we look at things like like, oh, I hold it high and I get pulled off my feet or oh, I hold it a certain way and my upper back hurts. That immediately says to me that your upper back is weaker than the rest of your body and it also says to me that you're pushing through, you know, maybe the front of your foot instead of the back, which means those are the things that we would work on. Moving forward, you would go, okay, so we need to ideally put more stress on the upper back, maybe lower the weight that you're doing the dumbbell goblet squats at and then hold it in a position where you are engaging the upper back more and do more reps for the legs. Mm. Um, another interesting thing that I thought uh, Jim Wendler said in that video was that in his high school um, football team's gym, there's no record boards allowed. Oh, yeah. And he says that most of them don't even lift that heavy. Yeah. He said it's usually all uh, power work. So most of the stuff they do is about speed. And yeah, yeah, obviously, especially um, footballers. Yeah, and that's why is because they're yeah. developing power because um, that's the kind of sport that it is. But it just says that um, you probably shouldn't be looking to dumbbell squat the heaviest dumbbell in the gym. No. You should be looking to dumbbell squat the weight that you are able to hold in the position that affects the things that you're trying to work on the most. So, you know, you might find that you can squat or dumbbell squat a 40-kilo dumbbell, but you probably should be using the 25, holding it higher or holding it in a different position, you know, really engaging the upper back and squatting deeper or, you know, really focusing on pushing down and out through the heels, you know, splaying the toes, big toe into the ground, that kind of thing, which you can't focus on when you're fucking maxing out with the heaviest possible yeah. dumbbell you yeah, can Yeah, maxing out isn't the place to change technique. No. That's the place to just... <laughs> It's just a test to see how much you can lift, nothing and else. the dumbbell, like working with dumbbells, you are rarely going to do a 1RM. Yeah. You know, there's, I don't know of anyone that has ever done a 1RM with dumbbells. I, I'm not entirely sure why you would, maybe to prove a point. Um, the issue with doing 1RM work with dumbbells is they only go up in like 2.5 kilo increments. Mm. Like you, it's very hard to go, you know, you'd, you're probably going to hurt yourself because the jumps are bigger than you could achieve on a barbell. Plus, nobody ever is going to, like, in competition, ask you to dumbbell press. Like, yeah. Or, oh, they're doing um, strongman, but that's a very specific oh, yeah, type very, of dumbbell niche, press. Yeah. Yeah. So um, when it comes to working with dumbbells, it should all be rep range work. You know, maybe you're doing 5RMs. Maybe you're doing 6RM for sets. Maybe you're doing max effort sets where you do amraps you just go as hard as you can until you can't do it anymore um, and that's one of those benefits of dumbbells is it's very difficult to hurt yourself if you drop them mm. even on the dumbbell bench press you just let go and they fall off to the side yeah the only thing about going with with dumbbells with weights that you're not like 
totally comfortable throwing around um, is getting into position. Say with a barbell, you just step onto the bar and you stand up, say for a squat. Yeah. Um, with dumbbells, you just, yeah, you have to be cautious about getting into positions where you can't really just go ridiculous weights. It's like there's certain weights with dumbbells that we have, we will hand the weights into our hands. Yeah. Because but I would argue in that case, especially if you'd spend a lot of time training alone, don't use the dumbbells. You oh, can't yeah. get I would into ag- position. I would agree really. entirely. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that- that's the only consideration you have to make. Like if you're not, if it's unsafe for you to get into the position, then it's not necessary. That dumbbell to is them. too heavy for you. Yeah. Yeah. And a big part of using that. So that what well, funnily enough is another thing that Jim Wendler mentioned is a part of the lift using the dumbbell is you have to get it off the ground. Mm. So if they're going to do dumbbells, goblet squats with a 50 kilo dumbbell, they have to get it off the ground and into the front rack position yeah. themselves. There's no cheating. You can't put it up on a box or anything. You have to basically do this weird clean with it. So yeah, um, sometimes it fucking sucks sometimes. Yeah, and that's that's a test. You know, if you can't clean it off the ground safely and get it into the front rack position, that's not the weight for you. Yeah. you know? No matter how many reps you could do if you rolled it off a box, it's not the point. You know, mm. Part of the lift is the setup. And if you can't set up properly with that weight, don't use that weight. Do we get some more? Um, we had uh, Dillish Page. Something. Oh, Dillish. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but anytime someone brings out a guitar, I want, I always want them to say, hey, Here's a little ditty I've been working on. You may have heard of it. It's called Wonderwall. Do we, do we have my guitar in here? Oh, no, we don't. Oh, oh, sorry, sorry, man. Yeah. Next time. Next we'll time I'll do some Wonderwall for yeah, you. Yeah, well. Yeah, so. we, yeah, we take song requests here. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's a new thing we just decided to do right now. So. Yeah. I'll string my guitar yeah, again we'll, and then uh, come in and play you a little ditty. Yeah. A ditty. <laughs> I've never quite heard a ditty before. I dig it. you never heard it. Like I've heard it. It's like not for a long time. It's just like, another word for Shanty, yeah, man. I know what it means. I just never I heard the last like, person to say it. I heard it say it was like my grandma. <laughs> like, sing, me a, a, sing me a ditty, Nathan. yeah, sing ditty. me a ditty, son. <laughs> oh, grandmama, <laughs> this is wonderful. Yes, yeah, <laughs> something I've been working on, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so this is Anvil on Five. We uh, it's Thursday, we're talking about dumbbell work. Uh, we've basically covered almost everything I can think of when it comes to dumbbells. <laughs> um, I could sit here and list exercise variations that you can do with a dumbbell and why they are good and why they are not good, but yeah. that is extremely boring. Yeah. But I don't well, think anyone wants to hear me talk about um, dumbbell RDLs or... Yeah, like, yeah. I would say like then they um, use dumbbells. Don't always get attracted to the barbell just because you think they're... It honestly just seems to be because people think they're cooler. Yeah. It's like the real lifting is done with barbells. Um, dumbbell work is generally much more impressive because yeah. it's much harder. And that's exactly what I said before yeah. is the real lifting for real lifters. I'm talking about people that compete, get out on a platform and do you know, the bench, the uh, deadlift and the squat. Those people do their work with the dumbbells. The barbell work is usually... Uh, technical and it usually causes more damage than good you know being stuck in that particular track that the barbell forces you onto the minute you grab it and set your wrists a certain uh, width the minute you put it on your back and it's you know pushing you into a specific position the things that it does to your shoulders and well mainly shoulders and wrists and elbows is they're not it's not super good for you. Whereas with dumbbells, you can avoid that whole fucking dilemma. Mm. So 
do do you work with dumbbells i guarantee you'll always come out better off you know if you do it properly you're going to be stronger you're going to be able to push through a longer range of motion and uh, you'll be able to target muscle groups that you probably didn't even realize you had yeah yeah so i i got another topic we can talk about before we do because we talk about um some stuff people can do that may just condition them or prep them for to be as you know it's like as jim wendler treats the athletes in his gym differently than they are younger people as well, yeah. like teenagers and stuff. Yeah. And he has his way of approaching because there's different um, considerations when you're dealing with, say, younger people. Yeah. Like he, you were saying that he struggles because a lot of them don't know how to squat. And that's why he started doing yeah. the goblet squat and it's transformed into something that works really well for him and the, yeah. and the kids in there. And um, there was a thing today from Westside Barbell and they were talking about um, when you're approaching uh, even younger people, say, below around the age of 10 yeah. or something before you, they'd even start doing a, a specific, specific sport, yeah. especially something like weightlifting because I think the recommendation is to wait till someone is over 10 years old at least before they even um, start doing it. depends on where you live and well, yeah, I guess. what the policy on steroids is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it, uh, I thought it was interesting. It had a list of like um, exercises that were just generic conditioning exercises yeah. that prep someone really well from a young age to go into more specific sports or just being yeah. and i guess in a more general sense just healthy in general yeah because then you're much your body's much more capable and familiar with a lot of things that yeah. you don't have to spend you know ex- potentially years learning yeah um those mistakes or just conditioning yourself for it yeah, yeah and a lot of it was just load-bearing things as well which i thought was yeah. different. like he had even like weighted walks yeah uh, like farmers carries or different variations of farmers carries yeah which is pretty interesting um and obviously, he gets that from Russia, and uh, you know, I think they've learned that the hard way. Certainly. All this stuff, you know. We have a podcast about that. I think <laughs> called the hard way. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Check out the podcast. Um, I think they did learn that. You know, they probably lost a few kids along the way, learning the best way to. What's called there? It's called yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do fifty laps. Clothes around are that. expensive. Yeah. Do fifty laps Especially around. Especially when your whole family has to share one shirt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Well, and I was just thinking about then. I don't know the official story of the invention of the kettlebell or whatever, but no. you know, kettlebell training is very common in Russia. That's where it pretty much came from. Um, I imagine that the dumbbell, I don't know if the dumbbell has been a lot around for longer, um, but when you look at the dumbbell, it allows you to do both unilateral and bilateral work. You know, that's something that you can't get with a barbell. Mm. We discussed that earlier. Um, the kettlebell is very similar in the sense that it allows you to do unilateral and bilateral work it allows you to do some very basic uh movement functions and all with the same piece of equipment yeah so you can use a kettlebell to do a clean and press you can do it single-handed you can do it two-handed you can do a snatch or you can do swings all with that one piece of equipment you can also do things like farmers carries you know loaded walking and the premise behind getting a fucking 10 year old to do suitcase carries or farmers carries is you know, the general idea of weight training is that, you know, if you are weight tra- training for performance, if you can do something with more than your body weight, when you do it with your body weight, you will be better at it, mm. right? So that's that's sort of the premise behind resistance training, right? You increase the amount of weight you can do it with. So when you take all the weight away, your body still has the amount of power to and force to do it with that weight, but there's less 
resistance. So you just you're faster, you're stronger, you're more bulletproof, basically, in the sense that you know less likely to get injuries. Very handy in Russia. Yeah. People, yeah. <laughs> and when we look at things like, oh, I want to get my ten year old to my Russian ten year old child <laughs> to be better at walking, Dimitri. Yeah. yeah. Then you make them do loaded walks, you know, and this this applies not just to Dimitri, our, our little 10-year-old Russian child, the experiment we have downstairs, but <laughs> who is not real. Weirdly violent kid. Yeah. It, it applies to everyone, you know. So if you want somebody to get better at walking, you could, you know, get them to do a loaded walk so that the next time they do a regular walk, they are faster, stronger, less likely to get injured because if they're capable of doing it with five more kilos than what they have right now, then they can do it with their body weight. Mm. You know, this this is the premise. If they're capable of doing a push with 10 kilos in their hands, then they can push with zero kilos faster, stronger, safer. So that's why I imagine a lot of dumbbell slash kettlebell kind of work mm. comes you know, it comes from these 10-year-old Russian children <laughs> doing general conditioning because if you get them better at just basic movement patterns that they might do in a day-to-day basis under load, when you get them to do something like Olympic lifting mm. or whatever the Russian version of football is, I have no idea. I assume it's just getting Communism ball. Yeah. <laughs> Communism. Our ball. Yeah. Our ball. Yeah. Everyone yeah, every- wins. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, there's only one goal. Yeah. <laughs> <That's> too soft. <laughs> Chris said kettlebell 350 plus years old. Oh, Our wow. kettlebells or, the ones or just the kettlebells gym, in general? <laughs> um, Does Dimitri know that? Yeah. Zombie Bait said, I recommend any woman that has a larger bust use even small barbells to keep from having back problems. And that is a big thing. Um, yeah, chicks with larger busts and back problems, but would that be um, the posterior chain and erectors? Yeah, training? yeah, it's usually yeah. lower back. I think for women that have larger, heavier upper upper body because of their bust. Um, I've met one women that have just gone. Oh, I've never had issues. I'm like, mm. and uh, you know, you would know this person because <laughs> knowing that person was kind of weird. That they didn't considering like how heavy it must be. Um, um, see, I. So if you look at very basic anatomy, right, if you're going to carry a weight in front of you, mm. you're going to get a strong upper back, but you're probably also going to develop a more like yeah, anterior and really... then lordotic yeah. spine, which means that if you do have a bigger bust, you should probably be spending time on uh, lower back lengthening exercises, so, you know, stretching and core strengthening exercises, right? You should also be working on posture. Uh, there should be a lot of, um, you know, potentially resistance training with a full range of movement through pulls and presses. Uh, basically, I, the pain, I don't want to generalize here and say the pain is because you have a large bust. The it's pain, just a common issue. The pain yeah. is because there are addresses, there are weaknesses that you've developed over time from carrying that extra weight there that you need to address in order to make the pain go away. You know, so a big part of addressing lower back pain is strengthening things like the hamstrings, the glutes, and the core, um, because 
there's so much pressure in the lower back. Maybe the muscles are really tight. Maybe they're really weak. Uh, but when you strengthen all of those muscles around that, that helps stabilize and support that area, then the pain goes away because that area isn't taking all of the pressure you know it's the same with say you end up with forward rounded shoulders you know an anterior dominant physique then you need to spend time balancing that out you need to spend time with you know upper body pulls upper body presses through full range of movement uh, movement in order to develop the weaknesses and and basically round out those imbalances because things like pain and um, especially, you know, those those sort of lower back pains that most mm. people get, that results from weaknesses that you're not addressing, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So for and women with a larger bus, there's just an extra consideration they have to take into account. Yeah. Um, just like anyone else with certain lifestyle or bodily yeah. differences would have to. Like, you know, I have Marshall and I have differences. Nathan has a fat ass. <laughs> Yeah, I've had to really build up those yeah, supports. He's, he's got an absolute that. dump truck back for that. So that's something he has to figure out. I have like... Dense cake. Yeah, I, <laughs> dense cake. <laughs> no pavlovas up here. It's yeah. fucking mug no, cake yeah, central. It's yeah, it's $10 Woolworths cake back there. Um, Dusty said zombie just wanted you all to talk about big boobs. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Who wouldn't? We'll give it a shot. <laughs> um, yeah, and then say if I have shorter arms. I have shorter arms. <laughs> I have shorter arms. Marshall has longer arms, but really like. But then he's got really strong hamstrings. Where I've got, I've got stronger quads. And there's all these little differences. And a larger bust is just another difference in someone's body. It's just a common one, considering over half the population is women. And then you know, yeah, yeah. So it's. I would say if that's something that you know you had, it's something you need to take into mm. consideration every time you're in the gym. You need to remember that you're spending the other 23 hours a day with you know that larger bust but you in the gym that's the only time you get to work on it yeah you mm. know or that's the only time you're giving yourself every day to work on it similar so, to yeah like posture even with mine basically i only is, worked on it at the gym whereas then the rest of the day I'll yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it'd be hard is, like yeah. i know a lot of women have you know and i'm obviously speaking from third-hand experience here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's quite hard to find especially when with larger bus to find supportive bras right and things like that Third-hand experience. I wouldn't know. <laughs> Just something I heard on the street. You found it harder to find supportive bras. It's hard, man. Personally. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So it can be quite hard to find supportive bras. Apparently, even sports bras are really hard. I think the most supportive bra you can get is developing your back muscles. Well, honest. I feel like it's easy for us as dudes to say that. Like, just have a stronger back. You I'm know? not saying just have a stronger back. I'm <laughs> okay. saying train your back. Yeah, well, no, and so I'm just, over time it will get stronger. Will. I'm, I'm not saying. I'm just I, not saying wish upon a fucking star. I'm also not saying. <laughs> all right, look, we don't have titties. You There's want, only so much advice well, I can I give. I have some pretty decent sized titties. Okay, look at, listen to this guy. Right. But I also have a strong back. Never had so, to wear a bra in his life, and all of a sudden he's a fucking expert not on titties because of my extremely strong yeah, back. Okay. <laughs> yeah. all right. The um, most supportive bra I could have <laughs> is right back here. <laughs> <laughs> most supportive bras I could ask Bra, for. Yeah. A YouTube bras. Yeah, bras. Zombie Bates said, I've never really had an issue. Then again, I'm able to crack my back fully every night. Just keep it loose and good posture. I'd uh, say good posture is, is more important than cracking your back. Is cracking your back, cracking your back like good? Cracking your back is a byproduct of putting it through flexion and, and extension. Because mm. it's like gas buildups and all could some be anything, shit, isn't it? Yeah, and realistically, it could be the way the muscles are moving around those tiny little joints in between your vertebra, right? It could be little pockets of, uh, you know, bubbles, whatever it might be. 
um, in the fluid, like in the synovial fluid or, you know, whatever the fuck is between the joints in the cartilage Marrow. and the discs and stuff like that. Marrow's inside the bones. Yeah, but. I was like, this doesn't sound. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but basically the reason your back is cracking is because you are putting it into a greater range of flexion and extension than what you have done for the rest of that day. So, you know, you've had it in not a fixed position but through a, what you would consider a small range of movement and then uh, it is it is popping and making cracking noise and stuff like that because you're putting it into a, a greater range of movement than what it was previously. I can't really talk any further than that because I'm not a, a back expert um, but I would say that part of uh, your ability to not have back pain comes from you being conscious of the fact that it needs to be put through a range of movement. So uh, the best way to strengthen something is to put it through its paces under resistance. Um, part of that can be, you know, flexing and extending your spine so that it is used to traveling through those ranges of motion so that it doesn't develop pain from doing it suddenly or, you know, under pressure. Mm. So, yeah, cracking your back is... Great, <laughs> as long as you're doing it safely. Yeah. Um, but the the pain relief is not because you crack the back; it's because you are moving that area of your body. Um, yeah, I guess we got off dumbbells a bit. But did you say you had oh, another we... topic? Another topic? Oh, yeah, it's not something if we we run out because oh, yeah, we kind yeah. of ran out of dumbbell stuff. Since there's only so much you can really talk about we would, dumbbells, we can talk more about a, a little bit about kettlebells or something. Yeah, I think kettlebells yeah. are good to talk about. Yeah, like Chris said, what 350 years old, been around a while. Yeah, um, yeah and there's a lot of <laughs> been around a minute, <laughs> been around a hot minute. Yeah, but there's some kettlebells that are interesting. I think because they've got some almost well, they're not really specific to kettlebells, but the the way you perform them is unique to kettlebells. Yeah, like the way you perform a clean and press on with kettlebells is different to how you'd perform it with dumbbells. Yeah, and it's more like say I'm going to do a clean with a kettlebell. It's more similar to the way I do it with a barbell, which I think is interesting because the the rotation with a yeah. um, a barbell and a kettlebell, you can you don't have to keep the pressure on your wrist. You rest it on your shoulders. Yeah, because you can get that that literal swing just because the way the handles are made, and then from there, then take the load up again with your wrist through the um, jerk motion. Yeah. And I think, yeah, they're really interesting tool and the amount of variations that specialists with kettlebells, which is a thing, um, have come up with to, you know, make the most of them is quite interesting because um, it kettlebells have like a massive, you know, Chris who's in the chat has, is really big on them and they've got a, a fair bit of a community that are really passionate about yeah. them as a form of training. Um, and I think they're a really good tool, honestly. Yeah. yeah. At some stage we will have Chris on to talk more specifically yeah. about kettlebells. You, you can't um, escape it. <laughs> yeah, we're going to talk about um, where they were 351 years ago. Yeah. Um, how, yeah. When, yeah, what when was happened? the kettlebell revolution? Yeah, yeah. Was what someone, did people use uh, before that? Just a, a cannonball, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And they just went, you know what? In one this year's time, I want to put a handle on this. Do you reckon bad boy? the bowling ball came from like early, <laughs> early attempts at the kettlebell? Like, certainly. Yeah. What if we I can could say grab this? Almost a guarantee. Where, what if we could grab this? We'll put some finger holes in it, and then they're like trying to do cleans with, with finger, the finger holes. Yeah. Just, yeah. Like, too, three, many, too many broken get the fingers. The three strongest fingers. Too many, <laughs> this side of the Mississippi. <laughs> too many broken Russian fingers. <laughs> and they're like, "What if we just put a handle on it?" And then they did that. Yeah. You know that commercial with the taco commercial where they're all like raising yeah. the girl. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. That's why I imagine it was like once <laughs> yep. they figured it out. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Except in Mother Russia, they would raise everyone or no one. Oh, no one, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. everyone our, just stands around and goes, yes. Our yeah. celebration. Yes. Not Duh. anyone, any Duh. self. Duh. <laughs> Duh. 
I've seen some like fairly inventive takes on the kettlebell. Um, I'm a big There's fan of just the ones, the regular solid metal ball <laughs> with, with the handle. handle attached. I'm a huge yeah, I'm a f- fan of that what's one. The call variant? me call me a traditionalist. Like a flat one. I've seen oh. a flat one. I've seen the this wedge shaped creature. I think the is that people just like trying of, to make money. Think of all the ways you could change something that doesn't need to be changed, <laughs> and then try and make more money out of it, but and keep saying the word revolutionized, <laughs> and you've got every other every variation. And you've got the fitness up. industry. You've got the fitness yeah. industry. Yeah. And the, the only ones I've seen, for some yeah, reason. yeah. The only ones I've seen are the ones that are like a skull or a I like, yeah, or a gorilla or yeah. something. Yeah. I like them. The I think only, they're cool. The that's not reinventing I, the wheel. That's, no, that's just making it look. That's not the only thing. Revolutionizing the kettlebell is that if you. Sometimes when you do certain movements, the like if it because it's normally smooth. If you if yeah, it rests it on your shoulder, you. it basically bites you. Yeah, and it hurts <laughs> more. No, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they put a, a voice thing in there. It's so a every hungry, time, hungry kettlebell yeah. you got there, and you can get the rock to do it for some reason. He made a big deal with the kettlebell industry. Yeah, I guess you wouldn't want sharp edges on it. No, and yeah, they so people have been like, well, we need to make this ball shape slightly less ball shaped for some reason. I don't mind the ones that they like basically put a plastic plate on the bottom so it stands up straight. Uh, yeah. I know the ones you mean. Yeah, yeah. Well, something basically, like that. They that's basically fine. the same thing. You know, yeah. that's I'm okay with that. The issues that I have is like they've tried to make them into a certain shape for like so that when it comes around and hits your forearm it's flat against the forearm so mm. and they try to say that it takes less strain off the wrist and but what it does is instead of you holding it like you so you know how we bench press we put it as more mm. of a bulldog grip it sits above the wrist mm. and the kettlebell would basically come back on an angle and you'd hold it like that what the flat side encourages people to do is break the wrist mm. and it puts pressure because they're holding it there and the yeah. flat side just dangles down it's actually doing more down more harm than good Mm. so what you're teaching in that situation is bad technique you know rather than saying you know what we're going to teach the entire kettlebell industry how to lift properly they're going no we're just going to fuck with them and make money in the process (laughs) well they're kind of going like what's the thing people don't like about doing them they don't like when it bangs against their arm um so we'll make it flat doesn't matter what else happens you know (laughs) we can fix that and then mark use that as our marketing then we're good. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, you are meant to you keep the straight wrist and it's going to fucking bang into your arm. Yeah. <laughs> and most of the time you can absorb that shock too. Yeah. Like if you're it, doing it properly. It shouldn't sh- be flying yeah. around. No. Like that. that is insane. Yeah, it's <laughs> controlled momentum. It's like a 24 kilo <laughs> coming back rock on landing yeah. on your forearm. Yeah, so and like we said before, kettlebells can be used for basically all the same stuff dumbbells can. You can do you know, chest press, you can do rows, uh, you can do a really good variety of like sumo style um, squats and deadlifts, lots of hip hinges. Mm. Uh, the kettlebell is gr- a great tool to learn how to hip hinge correctly. Um, and one of the benefits of the kettlebell is with a dumbbell, it's very hard to potentially deadlift the individual dumbbell. You know, yeah. you're either grabbing it around the sides, which I mean, that's pretty creative and I think you'd develop some hectic grip strength. But... <laughs> Or grabbing it right down the middle. When you crush your fingers, when you put it on the ground. Well, you just grabbing it like you know those tiered dumbbells. So yeah, can, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> semantics, realistically, because <laughs> I don't know anyone that dumbbell well. like deadlifts that way. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> the other option is you know grabbing the middle bar, which usually there's not a whole lot of room with the kettlebell. You know, it sort of solves that problem. There's easily enough hand uh, handle to grab it with either two hands or one hand. Um, that helps with 
doing things like um, you know sumos, hip hinges, or swings is another big one. Mm. You know, you can swings do swings or hip hinge movement. Yeah, what a lot of people do. Yeah, which isn't the hip hinge apparently. What's up? I don't know, like the swing. I don't know how I else you can swings. swing, but I probably do. people squat if down. They don't. Fuck oh, yeah, yeah they just keep right. their torso, the upper body straight, and they just squat down as it swings. And then yeah, it's a, just right. a common error. Like it's right. not like they're a fucking idiot for doing that. <laughs> just like, yeah, it's just like in, you naturally would <laughs> how just dare like, you squat. Yeah, you would just naturally bend like bend your knees and squat down because yeah. it just feel that's what you just think you need to do. But it's True. meant to be yeah hinging. Yeah, plus like. You can do all these movements like the snatch and the push press, clean and press with a kettlebell that might not be as intuitive with the dumbbell. They might not sit properly on the shoulder or the wrist like you mm. said before. You can do them two-handed. You can do them one-handed. Uh, there's a huge variety of kettlebell weights out there. So um, it tends to be one of those pieces of equipment that is like almost that one-size-fits-all. You can develop basically a huge range of strength and stability and conditioning with this one tool, whereas with a barbell or with dumbbells, you might need multiple variants of that thing mm. so the kettlebell is probably one of the one of those unique parts of the fitness industry where it is almost one size fits all um, yeah. and it it fills you know one one piece of equipment fills a lot of holes basically it fills yeah, a lot of absolutely roles that's, within you know that's why they're so common in home gyms yeah. same as dumbbells because like if i had to fit out a home gym barbell would well because i do powerlifting specific i would get a barbell but if yeah. i was just training for just general training then yeah. i would get um dumbbells and kettlebells yeah and i own two kettlebells that's yeah. what i used to use when i didn't go to the gym as much or when we weren't training as powerlifters yeah stuff like that. so yeah they're very useful tools to have i have one at home that i don't think i've ever oh, touched yeah. <laughs> yeah. nice it's just, but um, it's there yeah <laughs> yeah it's really and they're awesome for holding open doors great door um, stops uh paper, you can tie paper dogs to them <laughs> so if like you know you wanted to take your dog out to somewhere and you wanted to make sure it wasn't going to run away you could lug your 24 kilo kettlebell <laughs> around with you yeah. and you develop um, a lot of core stability yes and that sort of suitcase carry yeah it'd be fantastic yeah <laughs> imagine taking a 24 kilo kettlebell on like a 5k <laughs> oh my god <laughs> oh, um, could you make your dog out. carry it <laughs> Get a, a dog back. Get a skateboard. <laughs> I think it depends on the size attach, of the dog. Attach like make it attach the skateboard to the dog and then rest the kettlebell right. on the skateboard. Right. And then you've just got you've got a really conditioned. So the dog's strong. pulling the skateboard. Imagine behind. how strong your dog's gonna get though. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But then I, I guess that defeats the purpose of using it as a dog weight because you'll it'll just be able to drag it along when you try and tie it off to it. What you've done is progressively overload your dog's ability to stay in one place. Yeah. <laughs> You'll never stop now. Yeah. Inertia is a thing of past. Yeah. yeah. I have seen people um, train dogs, like pigging dogs, with weight vests. Hectic. Chuck a weight vest on them, just make them run beside I the I can ute. understand for like, yeah, like a, a dog with a job, mm. you know. Like, <laughs> that's, yep. they, that's what they yep. are, I'm dogs not, with jobs. I'm yeah, debating you. Because <laughs> <laughs> you'd lose. No. <laughs> It's, Would it's, it's like a police. It's like a police dog, you know. Chuck the vest on them, or a military dog. You know, they got the shit to do. They need a uniform. They, shit to they do. get paid in traits <laughs> and love. Yeah. In schmackos, yeah. <laughs> I think I think we're on the home stretch. Now. Yeah, on yeah. the home stretch. Cool. Six we'll wrap one. it up. Um, thank you for everyone that's tuned in today. Everyone that's contributed or just lurked in the background. Also, anyone that watches it later, we appreciate it all. We are Anvil Train Development. We are live at five Monday to Friday at five PM. So we'll be back tomorrow at five PM to talk about something else. Finish off the week. It's Tropical Shirt Friday tomorrow, so yeah. we'll be, uh, you know, replicating Hawaii. 
in our little office. Yeah, uh, <laughs> we bring in the sand. And <laughs> <we're> <laughs> it's gonna be a mess. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, sorry, Chris will clean it up. Yeah, it's his job. Yeah, <laughs> he's gonna hear you say that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we also have our podcast. We want to check that out. We're on Spotify and Apple Music. It's called The Hardware Anvil TD Podcast, and we're also on YouTube. Our channel is Anvil Train Development. We have all the live at fives on there. We also have a bunch of episodes where we cover articles Marshall and I have written covering mental and physical health, and we also have an episode about what Anvil is and who we are. So if you want to check those out, we'd appreciate it. Feel free to. Um, otherwise, we'll catch everyone at 5 p.m. tomorrow. Yeah. See you later. Adios. Thank you.